Hey there, I'm Hilary DeCesar, and you're about to listen to episode number 27 of the Silver Lined Relaunch. The timing of this episode, it actually is epic because especially right now, the LA Lakers won the NBA championship for 2020 just yesterday. And you'll know why this is so significant to this episode in just a few moments. But let me back up and introduce you to Jake Kelfer. He is a master at helping others connect to not only opportunities, but also elevate their networking. See, besides being a best-selling author, executive coach, and speaker, Jake worked previously for the LA Lakers, or as I could say today, the NBA champs. No, he was not a player on the Lakers, although he had mad love for not only basketball, but the Lakers, but he was the person who got the fans pumped up during the halftime competitions. I mean, coolest job ever. Okay, believe it or not, it was all due to Jake not getting what he thought was his dream job straight out of college. That's right, the LA Lakers, that job actually came to him after an offer was rescinded. And what he thought was that perfect job ended up he never saw and he ended up with that perfect job. Jake quickly reset and reimagined what he should do as his career. He leaned into what he had innately and naturally. And if you can't guess it by about minute number two in this episode, I'm gonna be super surprised because it's energy and enthusiasm for connecting with others. And ultimately, he scored big with his new job. Jake, he dives deep into how when you focus on what you have to offer others and lean into those opportunities in networking that are really just extraordinary moments hidden in the ordinary, like a certain elevator ride he talks about, you can elevate not only your A game, but your entire life by mastering how to successfully connect with others. So enjoy. And don't forget to listen to the end where Jake spells out his personal top secrets to networking and making the most of your possibilities. It's going to leave you connecting with others when you go out in the real world in an entirely new way. And now our conversation begins and so does the fun. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. All right, everyone, I have Jake Kelfer with me and so excited because as we were talking before, you and I have some similarities here. We are both like diehard Laker fans, yes. 
And then also you went to USC. My daughter is currently at USC. And so Jake, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Yeah, Hillary, thanks so much. I'm, I'm excited to dive into this, talk Lakers, talk everything. Uh, it's going to be so fun. Well, you are such an inspiration. And for those that don't know you, I would love to have you just tell us a little bit about your journey, how you have gotten to where you are right now, which is impacting so many people and inspiring so many people these days. So share with us, you know, what's taken place to get you where you are today. There have been a lot of big moments in my life that have changed the, the direction or the path, but uh, all of it has been a huge blessing. And so for me, I wanted to play for the Lakers. That, that was my childhood dream. I wanted to be the first person from my hometown. I wanted to play with Kobe. Magic Johnson was my favorite player. And I, I trained every single day. I would go home in seventh grade. I'd do my homework because my mom said homework first, then basketball. Great, great lady. And I would come home, I'd do my homework, and I'd play basketball. I'd do layups. I'd do dribbling drills. I would do all the things that people never wanted to do because I knew that those were going to be things that would make me as an undersized person get the advantage in the game of basketball. And so I always had this competitive spirit, but I realized that I wasn't going to make the NBA. Okay, so how tall are you? I'm 5'8". Okay. And what you have been called is the Steph Curry of speaking, yes. which I love, which I just think is so fantastic. Okay. So you're 5'8", but you're like, wasn't there somebody, was his name Spud or? Yeah, there have been guys that are smaller than me for yeah, sure. Yeah, hey, come on close. Okay. So you are still thinking like, I can do this. Okay. I love this. All right. And, and I'm one of those people that just because other people don't believe it's possible doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Because that's, and I think that's one of the greatest things about life is like the only limitations that we put on ourselves really are the ones that we allow to be put on ourselves. Now, of course, is my road to getting to the NBA as a, as a 5'8 kid from the suburbs much more difficult than a LeBron James physique person? From a heightened physical standpoint, yes, it's much harder. Like that's just the truth. But there are always ways to make your life and your dreams come, come to fruition. And so what happened was, once I realized I couldn't play in the NBA, I said, well, I'm going to be an agent because I had friends that were going to play in the NBA or that had a chance or play in the MLB or the NFL. So I was like, I'm going to be, go to USC and I'm going to be an agent. I can't be on the court as a player. I'm going to be on the court as a representative. I'll still be there. Well, right before I get ready to graduate, the agency that I was going to work for goes on a hiring freeze. They, take, they, they say, Jake, we can't bring you on. We're really sorry. We love you, but we can't bring you on. I'm like panic mode. Because I'm going to graduate from USC, thousands of dollars in student loan debt. I had this plan. I had the vision of success. Everything was laid out for me. So I put in everything that I had learned at USC, all the things that I try to do to stand out and differentiate myself. And it just so happens that I get a job as a corporate partnerships assistant for the Los Angeles Lakers. And so that's how I started my professional career was, in a way, having my first full circle moment of stepping onto the court because part of my job was to pick all the contestants for the halftime contest, the half court shot, all these things. And so I actually got to be on the court during that season, which was Kobe's final NBA season. So for me, it was like this weird dream come true type of like world coming full circle moment. And while I was there, I had one of the biggest pivotal moments that I look back on now and say, wow, that moment changed everything. Um, which was, I was in an elevator, okay? And, and Hillary, this is, this is, you guys are going to love this one, okay? So I'm in an elevator. Now, most of the time I get in an elevator, I tell the attendant, hey, can you take me down to the event level? 
I got to escort a client or, a, or someone that's a contestant for a contest. Now, this elevator ride, I didn't know, but it was going to change everything for me. I'm in the elevator and the doors are about to close just like normal, but the, there's a hand that walks in. The doors open and this person jumps in the elevator and it's Jerry West. Okay, oh, now Jerry so West, sick. for the people that don't know who this is, Jerry West is a Lakers legend, Hall of Fame player, and most famously known for, he is the NBA logo. He is the guy that made the logo. He comes in. Now, I'm, I grew up, we have a room called the Lakers room in our house, like painted purple and gold, memorabilia, everything. I've known who Jerry West was my whole life. I've seen pictures of him from his playing days, everything. My heart's pounding out of my chest. person working in the elevator looks at Jerry and he says, Jerry. Oh, he doesn't say Jerry. He doesn't know who he is. He says, excuse me, sir, what floor do you want to go to? Jerry looks at him, says, event level. He's got courtside seats. I mean, it's Jerry West, right? The person working the elevator says, well, do you have a credential? <laughs> I'm going to ask you to step off the elevator. And I'm like, no, he didn't just say that. And, the person, and Jerry looks at him kind of quizzically, very politely, though, and says, no, I don't. But um, I'm sorry, I don't, have an, I don't have it. Can you just take me down? And the person working the elevator says, I can't take you down. I have to ask you to step off because this gentleman pointing back at me needs to go down to the, to the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so awesome. Okay. I'm like, is this for real right now? So Jerry's about to step off. And I don't know why, but I just blurred out. I say, wait, 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 no. He's with me. Jerry's my guest. And the person working the elevator is like, what the heck? So he looks at me and says, are you sure? Well, I look at Jerry and I'm kind of like, you know, waiting for that nod of approval. Like, you cool with me doing that? And he kind of gives me that nod. And so I give the same nod back to the person with the elevator. And for the next 14 seconds, sorry, we go down and it was glorious. Now, as we're about to get off, this is where the magic happens. We're about to go our separate ways. In my mind, I don't understand or know how Jerry's going to respond. Is he going to be pissed? Is he going to be pissed at me, the elevator attendant? Is he going to just be in a rush? What's he going to be thinking like? But he sticks out his hand, and right before we separate, he sticks out his hand. He says, thank you. I appreciate what you just did for me. And in that moment, it changed everything because I realized that it doesn't matter how rich you are, how old you are, how poor you are, how smart you are. All that matters is that we're all people. And at the end of the day, all we want to do is to feel loved, to feel valued, to feel that we belong, to feel that we matter. And in that moment, Jerry West made me feel like a million dollars. Does Jerry West remember oh, that's Probably so not. Good. But do I remember this? Of course. And I will always remember. And that put me on a chain to start really focusing on how can I give people that same feeling that led to me writing my first book, which I released on the day, on the, on the month Kobe retired. That led to me starting as a public speaker. It led to me challenging the status quo and starting a second NBA draft combine. It started me as a, a business coach to entrepreneurs. Once I had gotten to a certain point, now I wanted to share the secrets to help others get there. And everything leads off one another. And that's just the beautiful thing about, about life is that when we take action in the consistent way, we can end up doing things that we didn't originally know were even possible. Oh, I love that. And you always talk about how you make people feel is so important. And it, you know, people think that a lot of times it's, you know, hey, it's you're either an extrovert, you're an introvert. It, it kind of is who you are in terms of how you make people feel, but it really isn't. Can you help us understand a little bit more about, you know, how do you create that ability to be, you know, empathetic towards other people and that, that connection? And so, I mean, it's a great question because we hear this a lot, right? People are like, well, Jake, you have this personality. You can do oh it. Oh my God. Look at you. You're like, you know, off the charts here. I'm like, whoa, you're elevating my game right now. <laughs> right? And other people are like, well, I can never be like that. And the thing is, you don't have to be like that. My Angelou said it best. 
People forget what you said. People forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm. I love this quote. And the reason for this is like, if I ask anybody that's listening right now to raise their, their virtual hand, right? If they've said something that they wish they could take back, of course we'd all do that. How many of us have done something we wish we didn't do that we learned from? All of us would raise our hand. But how many of us remember that feeling that someone gave us? We always remember that feeling. We remember the feeling when someone compliments us. And we remember the feeling when someone insults our new t-shirt that we were so excited about. Those little things play a big role in how we build that relationship with another person. And so to take it to, to really answer your question here is it doesn't matter the personality you think you need to have to connect with the right people. What matters is that you own your personality and make that the best voice you can possibly have. Because everybody has a unique communication style and the best way to communicate your story, your message, your brand, your business, your goals, your desires is to do it through your authentic self. Mm. And the people that have realized that can connect with other types of people because it's not how you describe your personality that matters. It's how you act upon your personality that matters based on the relationship that you can build and want to build. So like that's kind of how I interpret the, the differences there and how important it is to have that empathy and um, ability to believe in like your voice is great enough. Well, and I love what you said about the authentic voice, right? Because I think that so many times these days that, you know, there's, there's endless coaches and the people that are taking and learning from coaches, they, they try to turn into that coach. They try to emulate and they go a little too far sometimes where that's not who you are. You need to find that little bit of take what you are hearing from them and make it your own and create that voice, that voice that's only yours, that's so unique to you. It's so, I mean, it's so powerful because a lot of times, and it's good to emulate other people, to learn from, to, to, to see what they do really well, to pick and, and choose what you want to pull from them. But nobody wants a second version of someone else. They want the first and best version of you. And that's something that sometimes we, we, especially when we're making a transition in our life or something's happened to us and we say, well, what, what can I do? Like, I don't have the skill set. I've, I've never started my own business. I've never lost the 20 pounds that I've always said I wanted to lose. I've never eaten healthy, even though I know it's better for me. And it comes down to this idea of like, well, be the person that you want to be and start to create that identity of you not the identity of what you think other people want you to be. And that's such a powerful realization. And so when you talk about your identity from the moment where you're working with the Lakers and you're now ready, like it's, it's kind of that, that run in your life is done and you're going on to do the next thing. What were you thinking? Like, how did, how did you start to formulate your own identity? I was thinking, holy crap, what am I about to be doing here? (laughs) (laughs) I know this is a deep one. I'm like, okay, really? That's a cool, like as you're talking, you went from, this is where I wanted to be. You weren't there playing as a player. You're there, you know, but you're there with guests and people that are coming on to do, you know, cool things. You're on the floor. But now, you know, that, that way of your life was ending and you're having to transform. I think of you and the transformations. Were there separate identities that you had to then create? 
So I, I, I think that there's always something in terms of striving for more. I'm a very ambitious person. So I've always had this vision of what was possible. I just never knew exactly how to get there. I just knew that if I continued to do things, eventually things would happen. And so the, the, the next identity shift was because I always wanted to be my own, my own entrepreneur. I wanted to have my own businesses. Um, and so what happened, the big shift that happened there in, in the next identity was focusing on not serving myself, but serving others. And so once I was working with the Lakers, the first transition, which, which was me releasing my first book, was I asked myself, what do I know and how can I help people? Because I knew I had to be able to solve a problem for somebody else. And I knew that I had knowledge that could do that for somebody else. And so that was how I decided on writing a career development book for people who were still in college. I was one year out of college and I wrote a career development book. And I combined that with my most recent experiences, but also with the knowledge of people that had more credibility, that had had experience in a career for decades, that had worked at some of the best companies, because I knew that I needed to have everything involved, right? Not just me as a 23-year-old. But then it came to the question of, well, what does an author do? What does somebody who wants to be a bestseller do? What does someone who wants to start speaking do? And I had to have my actions resemble that identity if I wanted to become that person. I always believed it could be possible, but I was also hesitant because it required putting myself out there. And I remember when I was getting ready to, to release the, my first book, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, like people think we, everyone has it figured out. Like just because you write a book doesn't mean you have it all figured out. It just means you just are doing it, right? And I had no clue what I was doing. And so I'm talking with my dad, my hero. Now we're in the kitchen and I'm sitting with my dad and, and we're talking about this book. And I'm like, man, like what if no one buys it? I'm like, what if no one, no one reads it? What if all these things? And he looks at me and he says, Jake, Jake, everybody wants the shortcut to success, to fame, to wealth, but there is no shortcut. And then he paused and I was like, oh, that's good. And then he said, and then he said, Jake, this is the, this is the real truth. He said, there is one shortcut and it's the only shortcut in life is to start now. And that's the answer to almost that's so problem great. that we Absolutely. could ever have. Mm. We all have had, oh, I have a million dollar idea, but then we wait, someone else does it. We're like, oh, that was my idea. That's great, but you didn't do anything. If you start now, the future is up to you to create because once you start, good things will happen. But you may not always know what those are. Oh, that is so true. And I think that so many people kind of hit that point in their life where they're like, oh, I had that idea. I thought about doing that. I dot, 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 fill in the blank. You're right. I mean, where your dad said, you just have to, you have to start. You have to go for it. There's, you know, really, truly no time like now. Well, the, the next day is not guaranteed, right? You know, and I, and, and I look back to, you know, a moment when one of my best friends passed away. My first three days, it was like my welcome week of USC. Oh. He had been going through a long battle with Hopkins lymphoma. He had beaten it, but then he passed away from liver failure a few weeks after that. And I didn't know anyone. I didn't know, like, I didn't have my friend group with me. I was in a new environment. And my personality, as you can tell, was like very excited. I wanted to meet people. This was like supposed to be the time when you find all your friends for like to set the stage for your freshman year of college. But I was down in the dumps because I just lost someone. I didn't have that support system that I normally did. And we go home, go, go to the services, spend time with my family and my friends. I come back missing a couple of days. And then my dad fancy needs an emergency case maker. And so we don't understand how this world is ever going to work. 
We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know who's going to who's going to be affected by something or, or how we're going to be impacted by the, the world going on. But what we do know is that we can always control what we choose to take action on in the very moment. We can choose right now, as you're listening to this, I choose to be rich. I choose to be happy. And we can start to create that identity that we just talked about, which will lead to creating those action steps, which will lead to building the foundation to grow success and ultimately happiness, which is what everybody strives for in their life. Oh, that's so great. That is so, that's so profound. And when you think about the thoughts that you repeat, they end up creating your beliefs and your beliefs create the identity. And as you're saying, it's, you know, it's your choice. That's the greatest part. We all have the ability to choose what we are going to do from this point forward. So great. I wanted to go back to um, one thing that uh, one of your books, Elevate Your Network, and you have always been a master at just, you know, leveraging that, hence the fact that you were going to get into, um, you know, kind of doing this and helping people build their networks, right? Through, um, through all of, you know, helping, was it, were you actually going to help the recruiters or what were you going to be doing to help in this way, in this massive networking way? Well, I think for me, when it comes to networking, like, uh-huh. Everything we do in our life is a revolves around people. There is no business that exists without another human being, whether it's on your team or whether it's a customer side, even if everything's done online. And so networking for me, when it comes to it, was to create this book that tied everything together about mm. how do we build the right relationships because that is what drives all of the results we want. There is no business without people. There is no customers without people. There's no romantic relationships without another person. There is no happiness without other people. Like it revolves so much around other people. And I wanted to show people how to do this in all aspects of their life. Well, you know what's so great about Elevate Your Network and as you were, you know, initially thinking, let's, you know, become an agent and then you started to help the Lakers with, you know, all of all of the exciting things on the court in terms of the, you know, com- competition that was going on uh, at halftime. And then you kept going with this and you're, you're writing all these books and you're, you're putting it all together. It is what you realized is that the networks that you create are almost they encircle you as a person and it, it ends up bringing you your freedom to go do new things because these new connections help you with seeing new opportunities. I want to talk more though about what is like, how do you, when you're starting to work with somebody, how do you say, you know, it is so critical to increase your network? to elevate your networks? How do, you, how do you go about even helping somebody start down that process? I'm a big believer that we don't want to waste our time um, or be unintentional with our time. Mm-hmm. Meaning that when it comes to building our network for whatever purpose we're trying to grow it, whether it's for our business, for our friendships, whatever, we're, there's always abilities to, always reasons to, to go after building a network. So one of the first things that we do is like we focus a lot on being very clear with why and who we want to connect with. Because it does no good for me to connect with a completely random set of people if that's not going to get me closer to the identity and to the results that I'm looking to achieve. It doesn't mean that that person that I'm randomly would reach out to isn't, going to, isn't a great person. It just means that we need to be intentional with who we're reaching out to and why we're reaching out to. 
that's going to increase our response rates. It's going to increase the chance of us being able to customize our initial outreach, our connection, and it's going to set the stage for everything that's to come. And so getting really clear on who we're trying to reach out with and why we're trying to reach out with them is such a, a key element to saving us time, but creating the more meaningful relationships in the process. Mm, I think that being intentional and especially as you're starting potentially, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a new company and there are so many distractions, right? That you can take and go, you know, path A, B, C, D, and there's all these different ones. But if you could really say from a network perspective, where are you really going to benefit the most? How can you, you always are talking about, you know, the serving, how can you serve this group? And in turn, they can serve you, right? Reciprocity and all of that. And I think what you do is, is, you know, what you said is build the network that will bring you raving customers uh, on repeat. And that piece of it is what, you know, there's, there's too many people out there that they, they get their customer, they burn the bridge and then they can't go back to them or they're on, you know, they've, Hey, I've already gotten what I needed out of you. And they move on. How do you get people to develop and harness and take the time to work on relationships? Well, the first thing is like, when we talk about customers on repeat, the easiest customer to ever get is the one you already have, hmm. right? And, 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 and this is something that you just mentioned. Like a lot of people, they get the customer and they think their job is done. When in reality, I look at it as, oh, I just got this customer. I'm going to take such good care of them that they're going to buy from me over and over and over and over and over again. And then they're going to tell all their friends. And I'm going to make a fortune just off that one relationship alone. And we're going to impact so many people in the process. That's what you create the triple win. A win for you, a win for your customer, and a win for the people that are impacted by the work that comes from that transformation, okay? But when it comes to, you know, really diving deeper into this relationship component is we have to really analyze, okay, who are we reaching out to? How can we help them in that process? Give them what, they, what they're really asking for. And then continuously be in touch with them as they go through the transformation, okay? Show them that you are there for their journey, not just for their credit card. And that's something that we lose sight on, especially right now in the world where it's very digital. It's very digital and we assume we treat it as numbers of people we're reaching out to rather than the person behind the keyboard. And this is something that I think is, is really causing some struggles in sales processes and starting new businesses and just connecting with people because we're misinterpreting things. We're saying things and they're not being received the right way. We're saying things to people where, and meeting them where we want them to be, not where they're actually at. We're using different platforms that other people may not be as comfortable with. And so it's always important to think about once you know who you're trying to reach out to, well, where do they respond best, right? Is it email? Is it Instagram direct messages? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook groups, right? I know that if I'm talking to a millennial entrepreneur, I'm going to the Instagram DMs. If I'm talking to a corporate, a corporate exec, I may go to LinkedIn messaging. And, it, and then it's different based off the demographics of where you're at, but these are all like the things that we fall into to really help you understand how to build these relationship components to, to give that person the best chance of success with you. That's great. And then when you're right now with being a speaker, your speaker stage has gone from in-person to the 
virtual stages, right? And so what are you doing differently now in terms of, I mean, it's about networking, but you're no longer, I mean, you are charismatic. And in person, you are probably like even 10 times more than I am seeing this on video. But how are you bringing your A game to the virtual world now? Here's the thing that I want to, I want people to understand from this. This is a very key point in person. Okay. And think about it. Think about this. Have you ever watched somebody on stage speak live and you're like, wow, that energy was fire. They were awesome. And if you ever watched that same speech a month later, two months later, a year later on YouTube or video, and you're like, it didn't do it for me. That wasn't it. Like it wasn't the same vibe, right? Here's the reason for that is in person. Our level of energy is easier to exchange. It's easier to transfer. You get to see the whole package, the, the body language. You get to hear the tone. You get other people around you. You feed off the energy, the vibrations. It's all amazing. But when you're, on, when you're on virtually, it's much harder to transmit that same energy. So what I always tell people is when you're doing something virtually, you have to 10X your game. You have to take what your normal base of great energy is and go to that next level because it's going to come across 10 levels lower. And so I've really made it intentional to give, like, like you see my body moving and stuff. Like I am still as animated as I possibly can be. And when I do stages virtually now, one of the things that I always talk about is remember that I need to be higher energy than normal because it transmits differently. But two, my energy will help the audience and the people behind get a different approach than what they're seeing every other time from every other video they're watching. Because most of the time we see it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. And there's no levels, there's no sparks, there's no engagement. You know, and if you've seen, I've asked the audience to think about a few different things, to picture things. I've asked everyone that's listening, whether they're watching it or they're listening, to raise their hand a few random times. Whether or not they're actually going to do it is now triggering in their mind like, oh, this is possible. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And they start to associate themselves with that thing. And so that's why I think is really important virtually is to be even more descriptive, to be even more energetic and to really just like let it fly because you only really need the right people to, to, to make you the, the person you need to be. You don't need I, I agree. And I think what you do so well is your visual cues, asking people like, you know, hey, think about... Uh, you know, imagine, as you said, you also get them to move, like raise your hand or, you know, what are you thinking about? I love that. And I, I think we've all, we have all sat and watched one too many Zooms right now where the person is just, you know, like not moving, not that engaging. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, how fast can I get off this thing? And so I love that you're that you're saying that. And I do think that in today's world, elevating your network, it's new. It's a different, it's a different new. It's a different new normal, but it is still bringing your voice. It's still bringing that authentic side of you and allowing that to come through, which means you got to be practicing this. You got to understand what is unique about you. How do you help people figure out their authentic voice? Well, that's a wonderful question, Hillary. <laughs> I think, <laughs> Hopefully I, it didn't come out of left field here. <laughs> no, no. I think, I think what's really interesting when, when we talk about helping people find their, their authentic voice is helping them understand, looking at some of their role models, looking at some of the people they are, but also just talking with them, 
and seeing what sparks them, what lights them up, because everybody has certain triggers, okay? And maybe, like for me, a trigger for me is my eyebrows, okay? My eyebrows will raise when I get excited, when I get emotional. That is a huge thing for me because I have such bushy eyebrows. Other people that don't have that can't leverage that same skill set because it doesn't do the same thing for them. So when we talk about finding their authentic self, we leverage emotion, we leverage story, and we leverage the results you're looking to achieve. What actions are you trying to get someone to take because of your voice? And then you then look at, okay, well now, what's the best way for me to say who I am to the person that needs my message? And when you break it down just step by step, you can start to formulate that whole story. You can start to formulate your positioning. You can start to formulate your messaging and everything starts to flow. And so I think when it's all about your authentic self and, and then it's like, let me work on like the mindset piece of it, right? Of just embracing it and embracing it. And then when you're doing it digitally, just because I always want to give people like something they can actually like implement right away is start by complimenting other people. Okay. So when we're digitally connecting with people, start by letting them know how you found them. Let them know something that you've read their book. Let them know that you listen to their podcast. Immediately, that lowers their guard and makes you seem that you're coming in from a place of equal rather than a place of you are idolizing them, which is what a lot of people struggle with when they have a lack of confidence in connecting with new people because they doubt their authentic ability and self to be able to build that connection. And so it stems from breaking the ice essentially right by letting that person feel your emotional connection to them which comes in the form of letting them know you found them or building a or, or making a compliment of some sort that then brings you to a to an even level position mm, that's great and the whole storytelling which you do so incredibly well is that you know you have to spend time building up your story and as you're crafting that it also helps with solidifying your identity, right? So it really, you know what, you do a, you do a really great job with that. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you um, in terms of what does powerhouse of possibility mean to you? It means so much. <laughs> like, I, guess I love this because um, powerhouse of possibility really for me means like anything is possible. And as an individual, I think of like people as powerhouses, you know, like I want to be a powerhouse entrepreneur. Right. And so when I think of like the powerhouse of possibility, it's that we become the powerhouse and the possibilities, every choice we make following that there is no limitation as a powerhouse of possibility. And, uh, you know, I think it's all about just taking that action, enjoying the moment and living in the living in the journey. Oh, that's so good. Um, so for those that don't know where to find you, can you tell us what you're working on, where they can you know, connect with you? So right now, my, one of my big focuses that we're working on is we're working with helping people start brand new businesses, go from their traditional jobs, start their new business, and scale that to six figures and beyond through connection. That's how we build our businesses, businesses by connection. And uh, you can find me and, and my books on Instagram at jkelfer or on my website, jakekelfer.com. And we, you know, we have a, a free book for everyone who's listening today. Just go to my Instagram. There's a link in my bio. Click it. You'll be able to get a free copy of Elevate Your Network, as well as a couple other free resources as well. Awesome. And we will have that as well in the speaker notes. We will have that over in the treasure chest. So that is awesome that you are giving that away right now. I think that it is 
absolutely time relevant for everybody. Um, Jake, this has been so fun. It's been a whirlwind. There's been a lot of like amazing nuggets here for those that, you know, need to go back and re-listen, which I'll be doing. There's just so much, so much great content. So thank you so much for being on the show and for just bringing that energy, which is all you. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Great questions. A lot of fun. All right. Take care and hope to have you again on the show. Sounds good. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you felt a connection to this episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch, please head over to iTunes now. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a good review and help others find Silver Linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to all of the bonuses and notes from the show today in our treasure chest which you have access to for free by texting 55444 and typing in treasure chest. Or you could go to our private Facebook group, The Relaunch Effect, Living a Life You Love. Together we've hit the reset button for you, turning your transitions into a transformation. Until next time, don't forget, there's always a silver lining.